Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern who forgot to pay the electric bill, so therefore Cobra Island does not have the power, codename Legion Cub. You can find us every other week. Gosh, is it really every other week we do the live streams? It's exhausting, you guys. <laughs> on the Needless Things YouTube channel, uh, we will put a post up on Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. You should be following that. Uh, letting you know when those live streams are going to happen. And also, the Needless Things YouTube channel is full of toy reviews. This week, the reviews of Wave 2 of the Super 7 G.I. Joe Ultimates went up. Uh, Last week, though, the single greatest toy of all time, Robo Joe, was reviewed. So go check that out as well. Uh, Joe Fest coming up. We are going to have exclusive hats that you can only get at Joe Fest. And you can also, uh, on that Instagram account, Audible Interlude Podcast, go check out the linked stories. Uh, and there is a new feature where there are just links that you can look at in the bio, uh, m- more than one link. Uh, and buy yourself Audible Interlude t shirts. I encourage you to do so. Although, wait until T Public is having a sale, they have sales all the time. Uh, So wait until the shirts are like 16 bucks or whatever and buy them then. But buy yourself an Audible Interlude t-shirt. We have several different styles. You can get lots of different colors, sizes. You can get a phone case if you want uh, to do that. So go ahead. Uh, This next live stream is going to be on May the 22nd. The audio version of that will be available wherever you get your podcasts the following Friday. And then our next segment episode will be the week after that. On June 19th, we will be joined by none other than Hooded Cobra Commander 788. Noel, tell us a little bit about Cobra Convergence. Cobra Convergence is a crossover uh, that has been, uh, well, originally organized by Hooded Cobra Commander 788, along with a few other creators on YouTube. Uh, but has been expanding ever since then. And in the last couple of years has been more than a month's worth of material. And last year we got to participate for the first time doing our review of Cobrathon here on Audible Interlude. And we're looking forward to getting to do it again a second time this year as well. So, yeah, uh, that is June the 19th. That is a Sunday live stream. We'll be joined by Hooded Cobra Commander 788. And then our actual Cobra Convergence contribution will be on our July 16th live stream, uh, which is going to be, uh, it's funny, we're sharing the day. Wait, is that a Sunday as well? Maybe the 619 is not a mon- uh, Sunday. Maybe I'm out of my mind on that one. Uh, no, the 19th is a Monday. Ha-ha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so June 19th is our regular Monday live stream, but then July 16th uh, is a Sunday. And we will be sharing that day with Action Robot Punch, a YouTube channel who recently put up an incredible video about creating a real American hero style uh, scale functioning train. It's pretty amazing. So go check that out. Uh, all right, guys. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked a little bit about the announcement that Hasbro and Mattel had signed a deal to do some cross licensing type stuff uh, 
like Barbie Monopoly and, and things of that nature. And we had a little bit of speculation about the possibilities of Mattel Hasbro crossovers. But this week, this whole entire episode, we are going to be speculating about what, you know, not what Hasbro and Mattel will do, but about what Hasbro and Mattel could do. So we got a few different uh, sort of our standard segments, but a little more speculation, a little more fantasy booking. Uh, It just should be a fun episode that just happens to have a running theme this time around. And the first thing I want to do is kind of talk about Hasbro and Mattel properties, because of course it goes beyond just GI Joe. Uh, You know, as far as Mattel goes, the, single biggest property that seems like a slam dunk is of course masters of the universe but what what else is out there did you guys get an opportunity to kind of think about other potential crossovers mm-hmm. yeah all right what do you got go ahead Noel. well no i think that um an obvious one is doing uh branded hot wheels vehicles for G.I. Joe or Transformers or other ones like that. I may have discussed that when we did the live stream a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, we've seen the miniatures, the Jada toys and all that. But I think that doing actual Hot Wheels vehicles um, would really benefit both parties quite a bit. You know, I just had a thought. I'm trying to look something up right now. This always happens. I, I try to do my... Uh... Oh, man. Okay, so we have talked about them before. Oh, here they are. Here they are. We have talked before about Switch Force. Do you guys remember their toy vehicles that transformed into kind of like war machines? It was it was almost like a, a precursor to Mask, but it was owned by LJN, so it is not relevant to our conversation. However... I'm sure if Hasbro or Mattel wanted to do something like Switch Force, uh, they could. Because if you look in toy aisles now, uh, like Jada Toys and other diecast companies always have a ton of offerings of licensed, uh, like one, what, 124th scale, probably vehicles like that, bigger than a matchbox, smaller than a G.I. Joe vehicle size. Uh, and I think there could be a market for a line like switch force. And for the listeners, I highly recommend you Google LJN switch force. Uh, I think it would be very cool because you could incorporate mask. You could incorporate GI Joe. Uh, you know, we talk about that kind of thing all the time is, is that bring these brands together, but this this product is something that I think would be very cool. And it really goes outside of being Mattel or Hasbro crossovers. <laughs> uh, but just seeing this and thinking about like a vamp that has saw blades and cannons and things pop out of it or, or Matt trackers, uh, thunder wing. No, what is that? It is that what his yeah, car was thunder called? Thunder Hawk. Thunder Hawk. Oh. Uh, you know, stuff like that, that maybe didn't even interact with, figures but was going after a segment of the customer base that didn't really care about the figures but thought vehicles were cool you know to go right alongside the jada toys optimus prime or or whatever else that was 
a heck of a tangent and I apologize. <laughs> I was, I was positive in my head that switch force was Mattel and it is not. Uh, what, what other brands? So I was thinking about how, um, <clears throat> Barbie, a few years back did a line of high end star Wars dolls where it was Barbie reimagined as like, r2d2 c oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so i was thinking it would be kind of cool to to see them do high-end barbie as baroness as scarlet as lady j well and go all out and do them as fashion dolls like mm -hmm. don't just do joe looking right 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 scarlet if she's you know, how would you reimagine Scarlet as a high-end fashion outfit? Well, you put her in a big, giant, like, Scarlet O'Hara ball gown, but with maybe some, like, military textures to it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baroness, but, oh, this would be very, very cool. I am not a dress designer by any stretch sure. of the imagination, but I am kind of picturing... Like Baroness would be in more of a like a uh, a sheath like super tight uh, super super tight snake skin <laughs> type mm-hmm. of deal. Uh, Lady J would be in something. You know what? They could still if you see like <laughs> I have no frame of reference for what I'm talking about. If you see fashion stuff, there have been fashion like jumpsuits. So Lady J could be in like a jumpsuit tight, like baggy hanging off the hips, but with some kind of top that was something different. Like that's a thing. Or or I was actually kind of thinking with with her, it could be more of like a modern style. Uh, I mean, not that I'm a pinnacle of fashion or anything, but like more of that modern club kind of style where she just has those um, jumpsuit pockets. Yeah, all yeah. over her outfit. Actually, if you um I know there's some wrestling fans among our listeners, uh, <laughs> but a lot of what Bailey has been wearing lately, like her weird big pants with all the pockets, or like what she was wearing at Backlash, uh stuff like that, I could definitely see as a Lady J type thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then since Hasbro, I think I, I I should have investigated this part a little bit more, but Hasbro bought Kenner, and Kenner owned Play-Doh. So I believe the rights of Play-Doh should rest with Hasbro. So seeing Play-Doh put out Motu sets or even Play-Doh Hot Wheel sets, um, I think that would be really cool. I really like the idea. Yeah, Hasbro has Play-Doh. You're correct. Um, I really like because you know they did Joe's with we like kids. Play-Doh armor, right? The Mega Marines. The Mega yeah. Marines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the idea of Masters of the Universe Play-Doh. Like very cool, and even like yeah, do. Hot make, Wheels, like make them larger, but right. you make Play-Doh like bodies like a, to go a on them. Demolition or 
set hot yeah. because <laughs> the cars are made out of clay so you can smash them up as much as you want i i think kids would go ape poop over it yeah yeah that's a great idea I don't know. Actually, Hasbro should just do that. They don't need the, the Hot Wheels brand. They just well, that's true. make Play-Doh cars. <laughs> Why didn't they do for, for well, no, because Mattel had the car, has the Disney license, and then we're doing the Cars toys. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the, apparently is there's going to be a lot of tangents tonight. Do either one of you remember, I think it was a Toys R Us exclusive line, uh, when one of the Cars movies came out, they had these sets where you would buy the cars from from the pixar cars movie you would buy the cars but then you could buy upgrades for the tires and for the hood and for like it was they were fantastic i actually have a purple and green lightning mcqueen uh that you win it. It was almost like when you go to the disney parks and you like build a lightsaber or mm-hmm. build a droid it was like that but for cars, hmm. it was it was a great line, and it just didn't take off because I think people just didn't embrace cars quite as much as some of the other Pixar movies. Because they're uh, as good as the rest of the Pixar movies. Well, at least well, up to that point. Well, now the first merchandise wise, it was one of the most successful because right. that's the only reason they got a sequel. But it was successful in the little cars, right? Not well, and maybe that was the problem with these is they didn't necessarily look like they looked in the movie because like i said i got a purple and green lightning mcqueen that is not <laughs> what he looks like and maybe that was kind of a challenge with it but it, it was a great line i, I actually kind of want to look and see if those are still out there anywhere but anyway all right uh, did we have any other uh, mattel hasbro thoughts well i mean you you know how hasbro has struggled to have their own building brick lines over the <laughs> yes, years they want it so bad yeah which is why they they went to they finally went to Lego to get uh, Optimus Prime outsourced. Now, as a big Lego fan, I am not advocating for this brand in any way, shape, or form. If any one of these winds up in my house, <laughs> you are such a snob. <laughs> I, if if one of these winds up in my house, I don't even donate it because I do not want these spread out in the world. But Mattel owns Mega Brands, of course. That includes Mega Blocks, and I, as as much as I dislike the quality of their actual bricks themselves um they do a halfway decent design of designing or halfway decent job of designing sets not as good as lego but we have gotten snooty knoll (laughs) twice tonight it's great i mean i don't know how the listeners feel but i eat this up it's really fun i i because in in general In general, Noel is a very well-mannered, fair and balanced sort of guy. But when something <laughs> sticks in his craw. <laughs> so, yes, I would be willing to give, you know, give them a pass if they did a crossover and produce some G.I. Joe branded uh, Mega Block sets. Because, uh, you know, they're not going to do it with Lego. Right. Right. Well, I I very distinctly remember uh, Pirates of the Caribbean had a bunch of mega blocks sets that were amazing uh we actually bought i think four of the ships at walmart and i remember telling noel about buying them and he went 
<laughs> Those are mega blocks. <laughs> I don't like them because they they sculpt blocks to look like things. <laughs> <laughs> they use me in cheat your piece. general direction. Cheat piece. That's that was it. That was what you said. You said they use cheat pieces. Uh, oh man. So this segment we are calling Worlds Without End because we are going to brainstorm and come up with a way because we, we've already said the two biggest potential licenses to cross over here for, for people of our age and persuasion anyway are Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe. So we are going to talk a little bit about how these two could potentially cross over storyline wise. Uh, I came up with a couple of different ideas. Uh, you know, we, we sent, uh, I sent you guys sort of the, the writing prompt to see what you would come up with. I don't know who goes first here, who. Um, I want to hear what no, I'm just on a Noel kick. Yeah, I actually, I want to hear what Noel has to say, too, because, well, out of the three of us, Noel is, I think, the least invested in Masters of the Universe. So I, I, his take could actually end up being the best because he's not emotionally involved. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, all right, Noel, take it away. So imagine Sunbow era G.I. Joe's. The Joes, as they often are, are tracking a mysterious energy source. Of course, they think this has got to be the work of Cobra. They track this to the Arctic, and they find this mysterious MacGuffin device. There's snake imagery MacGuffin device. all over this. They presume this has to be the work of Cobra. So they isolate it. They take it back to Joe headquarters. They're observing it. And of course, as... The uh, the the Joes that know what they're doing leave the room for a second, and Bazooka <laughs> picks up this little device and he starts fumbling around with it. And next thing you know, he drops it, and all of a sudden, there's a giant glow, and standing in front of them is King Hiss. Is, is this? Oh my gosh! Is this Hellraiser? <laughs> <laughs> King Hiss, the leader of the Snake Men, who uh, of course then appears along with Ratlor and Tongue Lashor and Cobra Khan and the rest of the Snake Men. Um, they have been transport- transported to GI Joe headquarters from uh, from the world of Eternia, and uh, they of course take out some Joes and make they their tell escape. Bazooka will tear your soul apart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they have such delights to show him. And of course, meanwhile, there are uh, <laughs> Cobra spies who have witnessed these snake men leaving and they inform Serpentor and Serpentor, of course, uh, makes a deal with, with King Hiss to join Cobra in their battles with GI Joe. And so then the G.I. Joes, of course, they have discovered there's this interdimensional uh, planetary uh, void. And so they then recruit. They go talk to King Randor and they recruit He-Man and uh, many of the other uh, 
good guys of Eternia to come and battle their their snake foes. The titular masters of the universe. Correct. I love this. I love your Hellraiser concept. <laughs> uh, that is fantastic. Uh, the the idea of bazooka foolishly fiddling around with some kind of snake gadget uh, and summoning King Hiss like snake, pinhead. snake puzzle box. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. And, and I can even picture like it's a ball of snakes. And he like rubs the head on one and pulls the tail on another one. And then they all start slithering and uncoiling and it like opens up and then hooks shoot out and rip his face off. No, I'm just, uh, but uh, (laughs) and then King Hiss appears just like Pinhead. I love that. That's fantastic. And it brings them into our world. Right. That's you great, because you know, whenever Rash of the Universe winds up in our world, the stories are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Where's oh, Courtney man. Cox when we need her? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Courtney Cox is Lady J. That would have been some good casting back in the day. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go next. Because if there's there is a theme that we both used probably all three of us used is my guess because it's so it's such low-hanging fruit uh all right so soon after the events of gi joe the movie a team of joes are exploring the wreckage of cobra law it's been completely contained by a un proclamation and only operatives with the highest clearance level can enter so basically the world has recognized this is some messed up business over here We've completely quarantined whatever this is up in the Himalayas. Uh, and the Joes are in there basically looking, just trying to figure out what what is this? What 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 is this civilization this that we ran into? Uh, and of course, the Joes run into a team of cobras who have managed to make their way into this restricted area and are trying to exploit every resource they can find. So the Cobras are in there just trying to steal Cobra law technology so they can take over the world. Uh, as the ensuing battle rages deep into Cobra law. So they just keep getting f- like further and further and deeper in further than we ever even saw. Cause I think probably the deepest we got into Cobra law in GI Joe, the movie was the big clam, the chamber with the big clam in it. Like that kind of felt like the center of Cobra law, but we've gone beyond that, like behind Galobulus's throne room where he had the big battle with Sergeant slaughter. Uh, and we just keep getting deeper and deeper in things keep looking weirder and weirder. Uh, and the battling parties end up going through a portal and emerging in a world that is not their own. Uh, So it's like, it just keeps getting more strange and they almost don't even realize they've, they've gone through this portal. Uh, Unbeknownst to them, they are on Eternia deep in the unexplored bowels of snake mountain. And from there we get almost like a stargate kind of thing going on where uh, they they kind of conclude the battle and the Joes end up meeting up with the Masters of the Universe and the Cobra Party ends up encountering uh, the Snake Men the, and it goes from there. So, so in my scenario, the Joes end up on Eternia 
because like I said, it's, it's, it's really just kind of like a Stargate type of thing, strangers in a strange land. Uh, and they, they have to assimilate themselves there and try to find a way back home. <laughs> uh, initially, my thought was as far as choosing the characters, which I kind of never really did because I think you could leave it wide open as to who goes where my initial thought was that I would use all 1988 figures because it would be after GI Joe, the movie. But then I realized Hasbro would seize the opportunity to freshen up older, more familiar characters. Like if we're going to do crossover stuff, which we'll get to later in the episode. Uh, so really I do think if they were going to do a line based on this, they would just pull from wherever in GI Joe history, they wouldn't limit themselves to just the current year. So that was my pitch. Christian, what, what snake themed crossover <laughs> did you envision? Actually. Oh, so, wow. Yep. Me being yours the, is going to be all about merman. I am going to <laughs> Christian all over this. Concept oh, yes. Because, that's all I wanted because you weren't, specific you just simply said that's intentional joe that's intentional because i want you guys to have free reign to come at stuff from wherever so there are a lot of times where i try to be vague yep so um not sergeant savage however world war ii we have a band of a, a small group like four or five G.I. Joe soldiers. I'm talking like, you know, Kung Fu grip era G.I. Joe soldiers. They're fighting. All of a sudden, there is a flash of light. No rhyme, no reason. They're just caught off guard. All of a sudden, they are in this forest. Now, listeners, let me preface you with something else when it comes to Motu. My Motu of choice are the mini comics pre-Prince Adam. Mm -hmm. So my Eternia is a planet that used to be science and technology, but now technology does not work as much. And a lot of technology that does exist is powered by magic. <clears throat> so their Jeep does not work because it is technology. However, their guns can still fire their bullets, but they are limited on how many bullets they have. So they are trying to figure things out, make their way through this forest where they happen upon a ninja clan. Because we did have a ninja later on in, in Motu. However, this is where you get your snake eyes and your jinx type character. So my crossover actually does mesh both worlds into there are certain characters that tribes that just existed on Eternia. So you have this ninja clan that is going to basically is, is explaining to them, you know, this is Eternia. There are all these different lands and all these different warring factions, and we will help you get to the castle and King Randor, and help you find your way home. So you have Snake Mountain, you've got Skeletor, all that, but you also have the land of Cobra Law, where you have Globulus and all of those characters. You also have another land where your Count Marzo-type 
character, Count Destro, plays Cobra Law and Skeletor against each other because Destro is teamed up with the sorceress Baroness, whose magic can power technology. So Destro can get vehicles and weapons to these two warring factions. And then when he discovers that there are these Earth people, well, what secrets will they unlock? Where did they come from? How do I get to where they are and conquer it? So it becomes more of a, as they travel through Eternia on this quest to reach this castle eventually, all these different sort of, of like I said, these, these different lands and these different factions, He-Man is He-Man. He doesn't transform into Prince Adam. He is a roaming barbarian who is there to basically help save the day. He doesn't show up all the time, but on occasion when they are, you know, fighting for survival against a, you know, beast man, merman, whatever, like, like these, it's sort of like a planet of the apes meets resident evil. Meets I'm so Marvel. happy. You just said planet of the apes. Cause that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like Charlton Heston in this, like, savage world he's not familiar with right so they are they are trying to figure everything out and they have now these two companions that are you know helping them learn and and get through from village to village but you still have things like you know the evil horde like you know boom here's this ocean that you have to try and and cross because we have to make it to this coastline and you so how did they fight merman and his giant sea monsters what do you do you know when you if you are someone from world war ii era earth and you see a real live dragon flying through the sky and you realize okay we have like two ammo packs and four guns and we can't always use our bullets to try and save the day so i realize this isn't really what you were this isn't what you're going for at all. But as you were talking about Destro, I realized like the greatest mashup character. Imagine Destro and Hordak kind of mm. <laughs> with the collar mm. and like Hordak's face, but it's chromed out. Yeah, actually. Like that would be a very cool look. Because and it's Hordak, not on my list here. Hordak will come into play for one of our other segments. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I yeah, love that. That. Is, that is my that is how I cross over. I, that's I great because you took a Motu. completely different uh non-snake men direction. Well, well, <laughs> and also you took the kind of the Jay Lee Transformers G.I. Joe crossover where he mm. didn't he didn't do the standard like Joe meets Transformers, like it, it's a completely different setting, a completely different like using the elements but in a new world uh that yeah. that was great That's i love that I, I was when you first gave this to us like i was telling you before i was stuck in the beginning because my brain kept wanting to do this buck rogers thing of getting the motu characters into gi joe and it just was not clicking and well but you I kind of you you kind it, of and you kind of went a, a Buck Rogers route, though. 
very much so. Yeah. But with the Joes getting yeah, yeah, yeah. Eternia, mm-hmm. taking them out of their comfort zone. Right. Because, you know, if if you're going up against because as we learned from Indiana Jones, if you're going up against a guy with a whip, a la Beastman, shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, do yeah. you waste that bullet? Right. Meh. Oh, that's great. All right. So we um, Oh, go ahead, Noel. No, no, no. I just I'm wowing, uh, you know, the very impressive thought <laughs> thought process. It doesn't happen often yeah. when it does. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think uh, we've established some ways in which these two universes could meld, uh, but we got some other stuff to talk about. So let's keep going. This is a slightly different take on Instruments of Destruction. Normally, we talk about uh, one of the vehicles from G.I. Joe and how it appeared in the media and the different the toy version of it and whatever else. This time around, we are going to suggest a Mattel item that could appear in the G.I. Joe line. That will be our Instrument of Destruction. Uh Noel, you went first last time. I think I'm going to go first this time because it's. I'm pretty excited about the way that I did this. And also it does tie in a little bit to my uh, Masters of the Universe G.I. Joe crossover in that I just love Cobra Law. So my idea for an instrument of destruction is a creepy crawlers playset that includes a Cobra law Cobra commander action figure. And all of the molds are Cobra law bugs, like the centipedes and the crabs and the little bugs that made up the carpet. Um, and the, the play if if you remember the creepy crawlers set well i think they're still making creepy crawlers but it's it's basically a, a customized easy bake oven but this would have the big oven machine thing but on the side of that it would have cobra commander's workbench that we saw in gi joe the movie and it would have uh that's where you could uh the bugs could like sit on that or you would have some of the molds would store underneath that uh, but yeah, that was my thought is what's creepier than the bugs of Cobra law. You could even make <laughs> little min- miniature versions of their, uh, the jets that they had or whatever. Uh, but I, I just think a creepy crawlers Cobra law playset is gold. You're printing money. <laughs> uh, Christian, what, what instrument did you come up with? Okay, so I kind of was going the Cobra Law route as well in that I wanted technology mixed with plants and I want a Cobra version of Saw Boss from Wild Warriors. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. 
so Destro has created this this tank. You know, the big giant triangle treads on the front with the Uniwill in the back um, and, you know, armed it up with guns and stuff. And then Cobra Law comes in and is like, nope. And then they meld it with their creepy crawlers and that their spores. And next thing you know, it's like, boom, now you've got the giant saw blade. You've got the bio, the guns are all biomechanical weapons now. And even though it still takes a pilot, the vehicle also has something of a mind of its own. So once the pilot is inside, like if it's a Cobra Law, like Royal Guard, like the vines and stuff kind of come in and that's what gives you the monster brain. (laughs) So then, yeah. Or that could even kind of follow up my suggestion for the crossover where Cobra is in there to, to pilfer Cobra Law technology. There you go. Yeah. And that's how this thing gets created. Or or there's a whole new gosh, there's like this is money. If uh, the whole like how Masters of the Universe always ends up being snake men, like the next step of G.I. Joe could be Cobra rather than using Galobulus and the Cobra Law characters, but it could be Cobra creating techno organic vehicles and things mm-hmm. to fight gi joe with and honestly the uh like the zombie vipers and stuff kind of leaned into that a little bit already yeah mm-hmm. but like every jason the wheeled warriors vehicle could work for that oh that's great that what a what a great fusion and progression that would be uh all right noel what did you come up with so uh i'm gonna go to the good side for uh, for my pick right we're so, all we're all dealing right? with like evil stuff <laughs> yeah uh, but i actually like seeing this i was looking at the vehicle and i was like you know this actually would really work as a gi joe vehicle but it also gives like a, a huge like kind of an alternate universe gi joe story that i kind of want to tell because i'm going to look at marshall brave star and specifically the strato coach oh oh that's one of the things i was looking at Oh, no, you are brilliant. So, uh, you know, the Strato coach itself is kind of a, you know, generic looking stagecoach, but it's it's like a steampunk vehicle. It has the little wheels that, that fold down, it flies, it shoots missiles. I mean, it's a, a very cool vehicle. It's not unlike a vehicle that G.I. Joe would have released around the same time. This came out in 1986 initially. Um, and I'm thinking you could do a crossover because if you're if you're going to lump this in as a G.I. Joe vehicle, the obvious uh, driver for it, even though he's a pilot, is Wild Bill. Yes. Um, but I would love to see a kind of not quite of a not quite like a crossover of Brave Star slash G.I. Joe, but G.I. Joe kind of set in kind of a steampunky Western style setting. Um, just as kind of a, like a, like maybe just a one shot comic or a limited series or something like that, but seeing some GI Joe vehicles done in kind of a steampunk style, I like, I, I know that steampunk is uh, some of the people who dress in those costumes are very annoying when you see them at at conventions, (laughs) but I love the aesthetic of it. Um, and I always have, and I, and I'd love to see some very cool, like GI Joe steampunk style vehicles. And I think this is kind of an idea of how that could be 
like developed is doing something along these lines. Absolutely. I'm just picturing the uh the pogo but <laughs> but but more as the uh the, the wild, wild west yes yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> or the uh the hovercraft but it would rather than having the base that it, ha- it would literally almost be more like a skirt going around the bottom mm-hmm. and with just a red- bunch of spider legs. Oh gosh, I don't know about that. Yikes. <laughs> um, or like, what would be, what could be a big steam-powered thing? Uh, oh, I don't. I mean, I guess you any of it really you could do. Mm-hmm. Um. You okay. absolutely could get your GI Joe battle train. Yes. It's a steam yes. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the shark would be almost more of like a diving bell. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this deep, deep six and like a classic, like, yeah, yeah. Like a Bioshock yeah. looking. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would love to see some concept arts for that because and i'm honest i'm honestly surprised i've not seen anything like that done before that is kind of shocking Why? although i don't know that steampunk fans and or steampunk enthusiasts are necessarily going to be gi joe but they sort of did that i again not gi joe but they did that with transformers mm-hmm. with in the a, hearts of a, steel stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. those designs were amazing so mm-hmm. And I've seen um, there's actually a, one of our one of the members of the finest who does a, a steampunk baroness that's really cool. Um, so I mean I've seen some costumes done in that style, um, but yeah, I would I would love to see just like a whole kind of reimagining. Uh, if if we don't necessarily get toys out of it, um, at least some some cool uh, artwork. You know what I see the armadillo as a little one man steam tank. Mm-hmm. Rather than the treads, it would just have straight up wheels. Uh, it would almost be like uh, Bone uh, Bonebreaker from Oh yeah, Marvel Reavers. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, let's do it. Let's. I want to see some steampunk GI Joe. <laughs> and let's get a stagecoach with Wild Bill in there. Definitely. Uh, all right. Well, that's. Uh, that's some fun stuff. I think people would buy every single one of those. So that's instruments. I, I was hoping somebody would come up with something from major Matt Mason, because that seems like the easiest GI Joe crossover. Mm-hmm. I but maybe it's too easy that. to be honest with you. I, my mind kept going, uh, they're probably going to pull something from Mask because that's the most. Well, obvious. that was Kenner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Hasbro, Hasbro owns that. Right. Yeah, that's not Mask. even a. Yeah. No. Yeah. And because, Big, yeah, Jim was sitting here thinking because Matt Tracker was made as a GI Joe figure. Right. Derp. Right. Yeah. And Big Jim was essentially just Mattel's yeah, answer to GI right. Joe. Right. So that almost doesn't even like that's redundant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, it just, just to talk about it really quickly, Major Matt Mason, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, and some people might not be because it came out in 1966, so it's very, very old. 
Uh, the figures themselves are actually like bendy figures, but there was a mm. wide variety of vehicles all based on like space uh, and space exploration. Some really cool stuff. And it would be very easy to incorporate that into G.I. Joe, uh, particularly the there's a space station like playset. Yeah, that would be awesome. And the the outer spacemen yes the outer spacemen were operating them into in, yes cobra yeah that because the if you're not familiar with outer spacemen google that as well uh they're still going on as glios style yep uh action figures and i i had a ton of them and finally at one point decided like i just can't because they're, they're not super exciting to display uh and I, I ended up selling them all off, and I kind of wish I hadn't. But uh, yeah, Major Matt Mason would be an interesting combination for GI Joe. Welcome to Masters of the Joniverse, or GI Fisto, a real Eternian hero. This is a segment obviously <laughs> special made for this episode uh, where each of us is going to choose three Masters of the Universe characters to become G.I. Joes and three G.I. Joe characters to become Masters of the Universe figures, which means uh, to be made in the format and included in the line. So these would be now I did again. I did not specify because I like for Christian to be able to go wild on this stuff. Uh <laughs> So it could be real American hero or classified or as masters universe. It could be vintage or classics or new adventures, I guess, if you wanted to do that. Uh, so what, whatever, whatever the format is, it kind of doesn't matter because the idea is to make GI Joe's more magical technology, barbarian people, and to make the magical technology, barbarian people, more military. So uh, I think, what, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to drop them all at once or do you want to kind of take turns and go around? I think it's kind of more fun when we take turns and go around. Yeah. yeah let's take turns. Uh, so, Noel, what is your first Joe as an Eternian? First Joe as an Eternian. I'm going to go with Night Creeper version two. The one that had the purple costume and the really big odd shaped head um because when i was thinking of this i was thinking what would look the best in mass of the universe proportions right right and uh i think that that figure itself and plus you know he's 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 a he's a ninja um so that kind of fits in with kind of a martial arts like melee fighter that you might see in mass of the universe so um i i just think that would look really good as a motu figure yeah, absolutely. That that's a great call and one that I I didn't even think of because I I kind of took a different uh look at that from you did. Now you guys know me. My first pick was Sergeant Slaughter. But then I realized we got a Sergeant Slaughter Masters of the Universe figure in the WWE. That's true. Line. So I was like, well that's 
irrelevant and obsolete. I don't even need to pick that one. So my first choice, the first thing that popped into my head that would make a phenomenal uh, vintage or classics or whatever Masters Universe figure is the Cobra Bat. Oh, yeah. It's completely an analog for Roboto or Trapjaw uh, and just a squatty bat figure. I like the idea of that uh, with the same, you know, same interchangeable uh, arm attachments uh and and the lenticular you know that's a thing that was in masters universe as well so i i think that one fits in perfectly but is is something different and interesting enough to be worth doing christian what was your first uh crossover pick okay so my first crossover is tunnel rat however since he is on eternia he is an anthropomorphic badger looking yes. person. <laughs> he has the personality of Tunnel Rat from Renegades. And his action feature is you wind his arms up, you push the button on his back, and he has super digging power to help the heroes escape. Yes. You know who I'm picturing? I'm picturing Dirtbag from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Oh, I love this. Tunnel Rat is an I didn't even consider like literal translations in that way. That's great. Yeah. Tunnel Rat is a rat. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh all right, Noel, what is your next one? Uh my next one, and again, just looking at aesthetics, how much I now want this now that it's I put it in my head. Road pig. Um, yes. Oh man. Yes. Just now squatty. is he a, is he a pig? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know he could be. We could give him a little pig snout if we want to get literal. Um, but, he, but just just road pig as he is, just with that yeah. squatty that squatty figure. But that weapon is yeah. su- is such something that you could see in Master of the Universe um, with the with a cinder block on a stick. Um, I just I I think that would be a, a perfect translation there. Well, and the the shoulder pads, right? Like mm-hmm. the, He's already all got of that it. Mad Max look yep. to him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, perfect. I love that, Noel. That's perfect. Well, really, any of the dreadnoks. Yeah, and I didn't even think about that, but any of them would be great. Um. Okay. Uh. So my next one. Because this one was, it was less about, oh, it would fit perfectly in that aesthetic and more about, man, I want to see it because it would be different, but also Mattel has executed this sort of thing so perfectly. I want a Masters of the Universe, a classic Masters of the Universe version of Super Trooper. (laughs) Because we know Mattel knows how to do VAC metal. And that guy is such a like overpowered Mary Sue type character that him with his vac metal chest piece and helmet and shield, uh, maybe you don't give him the gun, but you give him, well, you could give him like more of a laser rifle type of thing than his little, uh, what did he have? Did he have, is it just fireflies submachine gun and vac metal? Is that what it is? Or is it something? I'm standing up yeah, now I, to look at my super. No, I it's not. which weapon he carries. I know he has the just the 
it's very if it it's too far away for me to see but it's very similar to fireflies submachine gun but just vac metal but give him maybe more of a laser rifle type of thing um but yeah i i think he would be a very interesting looking masters universe like vintage style figure and like i said vac metal come on uh okay christian yep. you're next so now we are traveling over to Eternia to the land of the princesses of power where we have Jinx because She-Ra and her friends need a ninja warrior as well. But not like the red gi version. I want her to have more of that, the like, what was it, the Devil's Do artwork? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Valor mm-hmm. versus Venom style Jinx. Um, so yeah, that's my next pick with real yeah. rooted hair. <laughs> yes, but she, but she wouldn't have, uh, you know, the big giant ponytail hair. She would have short. It would still be short. It, you know what? Yeah, it would almost be like a treasure troll, but just shorter. <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> All right, Noel. All right. For my third one, uh, I thought uh, that uh, the forces of uh, Skeletor or you know what? Maybe even the evil horde could use somebody that has a lot of blast power. So uh, I got to go with an old favorite metalhead. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. I, again, looking at looking at this figures, looking at those proportions, seeing like all those wacky like rockets and stuff attached to a figure that size and just he's such a kind of a silly looking figure anyway i really think that he could he could blend in with that uh, with that aesthetic yeah absolutely well and he would he could be like a deluxe figure because all of that stuff would be removable and like you because that would be part of the toyetic fun of the figure is putting that stuff on him Mm -hmm. and that face that portrait done in the masters of the universe, like proportions and style would be incredible. Yeah. That With head goggles, like, cause you know, they, they loves them some goggles in masters of the universe that, that head, but like three times bigger. Oh, fantastic. Uh, okay. Well, I, for my third, uh, masters of the universe or for my third Joe as masters of the universe. Uh, I also went with a female figure, although I wasn't necessarily thinking of princess of power, uh, cause I was thinking more of the Tila body style. Uh, I'm going with Scarlet, but I am going with Ninja Force Scarlet. Oh, yeah. They could, in the Tila buck style, you could pull that outfit off probably. Yeah. Yes. I think it would look great. It would be a great toy. And you include, uh, like the, a, a functioning crossbow. Um, I j- I can just picture this in my head. How much better that look would be as a Masters of the Universe figure than it was as a real American hero figure. <laughs> the colors, the proportions, the, the everything about it. It would be awesome in that style. Uh, all right, so. We are moving on now. Nope. I got to get my last one. Oh, wait. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's right. So now we're shooting to the future, to the new adventures of (laughs) He-Man, where Sergeant Stalker 
is more of a man at arms type character for oh. He-Man. So you have Stalker with light energy armor, a jet pack. Yep. Weapons. And I'm picturing more the uh Oh gosh. See, once we get past 1990, I I can't remember who's what. Was it a talking battle commander stalker? Was it a sonic fighter stalker? There's a There's a specific one I'm picturing. Hang on, we're gonna... I was thinking of the the actual just green camo oh just green camo stalker really mm-hmm. okay hang on let me because now i've got to look this up because there's a specific stalker i'm thinking of that i think would translate really well there come on internet there was <laughs> a sonic stalker okay here we go here we go i got it loaded up uh Stalker version five, 1994. He has got like neon green shoulder pieces and grenades. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's in a black uniform with like olive drab, but, but like very outer. That actually does look very new adventures. Yeah. 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 Those those boots. The boots and that whatever yep. that thigh pad is that he's got going on. <laughs> yep. So then you just give him some snap-on armor pieces. Uh, oh, this is this is the Battle Core Stalker. Okay, version uh version five from 1994. Yeah. So yeah, maybe on the the Masters of Universe version of this one. Rather than the olive drab on his lower body, it's all the neon yellow. So he's like black and neon yellow. Yeah. And then has snap-on laser armor pieces. And rather than his, he's got the little knit cap on, maybe he's got like a helmet piece a on helmet. or something. Yeah, because yeah. everybody in New Adventures has some sort of yes. helmet. Very, very helmet heavy, that line was. Ah, <laughs> oh, great. I love it. Uh, okay, so now we're going to talk about Masters Universe characters being done in a G.I. Joe style. Uh, so, Noel, you want to kick us off on this one? Yes, I will kick us off with, uh, we know how much Christian loves the ninjas and the Ninja Force related things. <laughs> um, but we are going to start off with a Ninja Force associate by the name of Jitsu. Yes. Um, so and and we are keeping that giant karate chopping hand in place as an upgrade that uh, perhaps Destro designed for this character in the world of GI Joe, um, but uh, but again, I, this would not look place if you put it in a three and three quarter inch Joe body with the other like Ninja Force figures of that time, um, but you know, have him hanging out with slice and dice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if, if you're going to have Jitsu in the line, well, you know, darn well, you're going to have to have Fisto, who is my first choice for the, I want that big back metal fist on Fisto. Uh, his costume maybe doesn't translate quite as well 
I'm thinking maybe you do put some pants on the guy, but he's he's got his big vac metal silver fist. Um, he'll still have his chest plate and just the the look of him. And and this was actually kind of a tough one for me because Super Seven has made so many Masters Universe reaction figures that we've seen those characters in this form factor. So I realized it kind of wasn't as exciting for me to visualize. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we've already seen three and three quarter inch masters universe in a lot of cases, but thinking of Fisto as a Joe and, and how he would look, uh, he would, you know, still have a sword accessory. Maybe he, he would have, uh, you know, one of the weirder rifles or something, uh, and backpack wise, maybe he's kind of like the bat and he has his big vac metal fist, but it can be stored on his back and he's got a regular hand as well. So he, that would be cool. he, he only brings out his fist when it's time for fisting. <laughs> now the question is, does he wear pants? Yeah, I think I, I, I think he's got <laughs> on some like brown trousers or okay. something. Yeah. Uh, all right, Christian. <clears throat> okay, so we all know the bats, mindless killing machines. However, Dr. Mindbender realizes, you know, we go through so many of them, and they do occasionally shoot up the Cobra Troopers that are in front of them. So what happens if I can combine a bat with the thinking power of a person, and he performs some experiments between a combining a bat with a DC uh, Cobra trooper. However, the brain takes over and thus is born multibot. Who oh. has the ability <laughs> to absorb technology and other bats into himself to form different robotic monstrosities because he is technically dead so the bat programming takes over to just kill and destroy everything however it can deduce and plot and plan oh i love that i that's not where i thought you were going with that that's no. great because <laughs> mul multibot and modulock both kind of freak me out uh and and especially if you pose multibot as this like almost Tetsuo the Iron Man style. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Uh, ugh, I hate it, but I love it, but I hate it. Uh, all right, Noel, what is your second uh, mashup? Number two. Uh, I went a little oddball on this one. Uh, I gave him a little bit of a little bit of a story. So uh, he was a, a, an experiment of Dr. Mindbender's gone wrong or possibly the high evolutionary one of the one of the two <laughs> um experimenting with uh human and bird dna and he actually turned on dr mindbender after uh being uh just finding finding how abhorrent he looked but he turns out to be a natural foe for raptor in the world of gi joe so stratos is joining gi joe um as a as a bird human hybrid Oh man. I like that. I really like that because 
He has his jetpack, which totally makes sense as a old school plug in backpack. Um, and then the wing, the wings would be little clip on pieces. And, uh, rather than necessarily having like the gray furry body, he might be in like a jumpsuit or something, but have a, like a bird hit. Oh yeah. I can absolutely <laughs> picture that. That's fantastic. Uh, all right. My next pick, a little sip of water here. My enthusiasm for this, con- these concepts is drying me out. Uh, <laughs> so my next one is we we've already dipped into new adventures uh and i'm going to dip a little bit further because i want to see a three and three quarter inch real american hero style version of slush head oh yes i think that would be incredible with a clear plastic helmet on with probably not bendy tentacles they probably would be just like the classics version with just the well do it like the um oh, i can't think what they were called the monsters for the mega marines because the bio the viper that had no, i don't know like if... the, that had like the tentacles coming yeah, out the, bi- the bio viper right mm-hmm. bio um, viper yeah and then they had the um well, the no, alien like, ones later on right. too. That's what I was thinking That's of. That's what I was oh, thinking of. Oh, oh. So it was like a hard plastic, but it had like sort of like the action-ish feature. Wait, is that, that not the bio? It. I've got one sitting up here. That's not the, the bio, bio viper. viper? Came, was the Mega Marines, um, but then the the in '94 the um, what were the aliens called? Oh um, no, bio viper is it? But yeah, I that's what I that thought. Was yeah. one of the alien figures. Yeah. So my yeah. God. Um, but yeah, I, I just slush head, just thinking it like he seems so perfect as a Joe figure, uh, but mainly just for that dome bubble helmet would look great. Uh, all right, Christian, what do you got next? All right. So next up, I have this kid whose village was wiped out in a battle between G.I. Joe and Cobra. His family, everyone he knows, is just obliterated in the crossfire. So all that's left besides this burning village is this temple that he goes inside, and inside is this mask that is meant as a demon that they wear for these, you know, dance rituals that they do. And he takes this mask and decides that he is going to become the demon that hunts down Joe and Cobra. And thus is born Hordak the Slayer. (laughs) So he's got the Hordak mask. He's got basically like the armor, the look. However, uh, Think of him more as almost like a Zartanish type where he goes around to these places where G.I. Joe and Cobra have fought and he collects up these disillusioned, angry people who have had their lives destroyed and becomes this godlike figure of turning them against both Cobra and G.I. Joe. But he personally must deliver the death blow to which, you know, whenever they capture 
troopers. Oh, that's great. Storytelling. <laughs> uh, all right, Noel, what have you got? All right, for my last one, and this one actually ties in with my Instruments of Destruction pick to a bit, uh, because uh, I mentioned having the uh, the Strato coach making its way into G.I. Joe, but, uh, you know, kind of coming from that, thinking a, a little bit of a steampunk G.I. Joe vibe, and nobody fits in better with that, uh, especially if you're talking Old West stuff, than Rio Blast. Yes. Who's... Uh, could possibly be uh, the gunner for Wild Bill on his Strato coach. Uh, so he's standing by and, you know, picking off all those those Cobra blimps that are coming after him there. Um, yeah. And and again, this is a figure that I think would look great as a Joe figure. Um, you know, he you could you could easily make this figure I mean, with like very little alteration to the way he looks and just put him in a three and three quarter inch uh, design and he would look like a Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, well, it's funny because you know you've got almost his analog in Fast Draw, mm-hmm. and I uh, mentioned that he and Fast Draw could kind of you know team up together as well as as, as walking artillery units. Mm-hmm. Man, I this visual that you've created though of Wild Bill piloting this steampunk stagecoach with Rio Blast on the back, like I that's like again storytelling. That's fantastic. Yeah. My Mattel, I gotta, Hasbro, make it happen. Yes, let's do this. Steampunk G.I. Joe uh, all the way. Uh, I got to say, my last one is is going to be kind of a, a uh, anticlimactic, but it's just something that I thought would look really cool, but I don't have much of a story behind it. Uh, Christian, like your last choice, mine is also Hordak, but just it's hordak in the horde trooper armor Mm. just because i think that would look great as a three and three quarter inch uh o-ring figure i can really really picture that horde trooper armor with you know hordak's head on it and then you've already tooled up the armor so you can also make a bunch of horde troopers to go with him later on if you so desire uh, but yeah, I just, I really have, have always loved that look for Hordak and I think it would work really well for GI Joe, but I have to admit, I like your version of Hordak better. So <laughs> we got to go with that. Although I guess your version of Hordak could utilize some kind of armor Absolutely. so we can just combine yeah. those. It's fine. Uh, because Hordak as a GI Joe is going to be very, very popular. So we're going to produce many different variations of G.I. Joe Hordak. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right. I got to get my last one. Oh, I keep forgetting that's the order that we went in. <laughs> so now, yes, thankfully, right. you get to wrap it up. And yes. We don't end on my like. I Nope. Mine is so or what I thought was going to be so obvious. and was pretty sure that other people would pick. Uh, but mine is there is a mobster who wishes he was bigger potatoes than what he is. And so in order to help himself move up the ranks, he starts getting involved with Cobra, doing little things here, doing little things there, kind of trimming off the top and figuring that, you know, Cobra will take care of him if the other mob bosses 
turn on him and he kind of starts to get a little bit of a big head. Little does he know he's more of an annoyance than actually good at anything. But his casinos do bring in a lot of money for Cobra. And thus he takes the moniker King Hiss. (laughs) And again, working it into the world rather than just here's a translation of that like yeah, or, or but, it is a translation he, but he absolutely is that guy that is so desperate to be part of cobra so like his suits are snake skin like right 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 he has is snakes he couldn't be any more snake looking than if he was serpentor and that's why he's such an annoyance because he's the guy that is bragging about how he's a part of cobra right he's, he's just this, this wannabe player exactly oh i exactly. love that i love that that's great the, the he is he is the type of person that would call himself king hiss exactly <laughs> oh that's great Destro would put a bullet through his head if cobra <laughs> commander wasn't so reliant on that money that the casino right right he's bringing in just enough money to have made himself critical to the operation but they really just can't stand it yep oh man that's great This is Knowing is Half the Babble, where each of us get a little bit of time to talk about anything that may not even be Joe-related. I'm going to kick it off because I want to talk about Joe Fest. Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, will be appearing at Joe Fest June 9th through the 11th uh, at the Marriott Convention Center in Augusta, Georgia. We do not have our programming nailed down yet. But I can tell you it is extremely likely we will be doing something Friday night. We will be doing something Saturday morning. Outside of that, I'm not sure what else is going to be going on. Uh, But you can tune in to our live stream on May the 22nd, which is just a couple of days from today. uh, And we should have our full schedule ready to go. Uh, We will have exclusive tour hats that are only available at Joe Fest. We have our... Uh, no sleep till Augusta tour shirts that we took pre-orders on and we will have more available to buy in person at Joe Fest just a couple weeks away. So everybody uh, be ready to experience Audible Interlude live and in person. Wear those Audible Interlude t-shirts. Please talk to us if you recognize us. If you overhear this voice in the dealer room and you're like, Hey, that guy sounds familiar. Come over and say, hi, we'll get pictures. We'll do interviews, whatever. Uh, but we are very excited about Joe fest. It's one of the most fun times you can have. Uh, and, uh, we will be there. So come up and say, hi, buy us a beer. Noel, what do you got? All right. So, um, on the last uh, episode, the, the live stream, we did something we'd been kind of teasing for a couple of weeks there where we booked the, uh, up, uh, our fantasy book, uh, booking of the upcoming super seven ultimates, uh, wave. Um, and when I went through mine, I was really excited about like coming up with the different accessories and weapons and stuff that they would come with and the animated episodes that they related to, um, that was not an easy task, but <laughs> what I want to do is I want to shout out what made that 
like a thousand times easier than it would have been had I done all that work on my own. It's a channel on YouTube called Eternal Classics. Um, they're, they're a little bit hard to find because there's a lot of things with the names Eternal Classics on there, but it's the specific URL is youtube.com slash at Eternal Classic with no S at the end. But the name of the channel is Eternal Classics, all one word. What they do, there's not a lot of content on the site. They only have 27 videos currently. Um, but what they have done is they have done compilations of Sunbow episodes. Um, there's a couple of them where they just compile every single Yojo chant from a single season. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of them where, uh, and this is what this is what I did was I went through. They they basically had like every appearance of a specific character during a season, and so I was able to watch like the Major Blood one and see like all the episode clips with major blood down to a four and a half or like a five minute video and i could pick out all right this is where he's got this item i'm going to throw this on my list this is where we got this item same thing uh bazooka's on there fireflies on there um and uh roadblock so those are that's how i actually fairly quickly found which accessories i was going to throw into those super seven ultimates uh channel uh it's it's a small channel, but uh, <laughs> give them some love. They haven't uploaded a lot. Um, I think their their goal is to basically do this with a lot of other shows eventually. But right now, it's just some Sunbow GI Joe stuff up there. So the first Google result, if you use Google to look this up, is a channel called Eternal Classics, which features eternal classic messages of men and women who intimately knew the Lord. <laughs> So yes. that is not the one you're talking no, about. No, no. If you Google Eternal Classics, you're not going to find it. You have to go to youtube.com slash at Eternal Classic with no S at the end. Wow. Uh, all right, Christian, have you got some babble for us? I do. So um, this the past week, week and a half uh, with work slowing down, I've been able to do a lot more researching. Uh, stuff for for the podcast been watching a lot of youtube listening to a lot of interviews and i just want to put something out there for folks um whenever you're given an opportunity to ask a company questions especially toy companies just you know they cannot tell you about future plans so try to steer away from those questions because when I'm listening to all these interviews and a good chunk of the replies are, we, we can't comment on that. Ah, it's a it's, waste. It's just a waste of time. And, and it's sort of like when you watch, you know, the interviews of celebrities, whenever a movie's coming out and every single interviewer is asking the exact same question. I think you get more engagement out of the people that you're interviewing if you can think outside the box and think of some creative questions because they're not going to tell you if, you know, Hooded Cobra Commander is coming out this year if they haven't already announced him. You're never going to be able to trick them. Right. They're not going to decide... Oh, I'm I'm gonna tell Rando Joe Bozo, I'm gonna give him this big scoop on something we haven't announced yet. Right. So so you know, sometimes you may think a question is oddball and weird, and trust me, 
I am there 90% of the time. <laughs> but when you ask those questions, it can catch people off guard and they'd be like, oh, I did not think of this. Yeah, actually, here's what I was thinking when we created this character or here's the storyline that we're, we're going for when we were doing this and just steer clear of the stuff you know they absolutely cannot answer because it's it's not fun for the listeners it's not fun for the people being interviewed are you guys gonna make airtight <laughs> like they're Even not better. gonna say oh yeah it's funny you ask we we were going to announce airtight here on this interview right now so yes we are that's never gonna happen yeah uh, all right. Well, that is all the time we've got for this week. Our music is by Andy Samford of electricminnowmusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Christian, where can we find that toy photography that you do so well? You can find me on Flickr.com and Instagram under the name Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about the finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club who will be appearing at Joe Fest here in just a couple weeks. So come by our booth, check us out, um, ask us some questions about uh, costuming if you've ever been interested in doing a G.I. Joe costume. But most importantly, help us raise money for a fantastic charity called Canines for Warriors. Well, everybody out there in podcast land, thank you for listening. And Nolan Christian, thank you so much for sitting down and once again talking about something that we love so much, G.I. Joe. As always, yo, Joe. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.